our mission, and we choose to accept it, is zero injuries and zero environmental impact. A healthy workforce and environment is key to our nation's continued success. The Mission Zero podcast is a deep dive with the industry's top experts into the health, safety and environmental aspects of today's workplace. Our mission is to be a platform for new ideas and strategies that, when implemented, will improve our safety, our environment and how we govern out business. We are making the world safer and we're going to have fun doing it. Okay, welcome everyone to the Mission Zero podcast, new episode today. Uh, I'm your co-host, Jeff Peoples, and uh, I'm here finally back again with my co-host, Justin Overstreet. Yeah, it's been a minute. Good to see you, buddy. Good to yeah, see you. Good to be um, back. Today we have a great guest, Jared Hyatt. Jared is the Health, Safety, uh, and Environmental Director for Doggett Industries. Uh, Doggett is uh, you know, kind of a new uh, company for us, a new way to go, and we're, we're interested in hearing about you know, that and, and your task there. Uh, welcome. All right, thank you. How are you guys doing? Wonderful. Great. Well, uh, so uh, we want to dig into it, but first, uh, you know, we like here we like to know a little bit more about the person we're talking to. So, if you don't mind, give us a little brief history of yourself, where you're from, uh, what brought you to this point here today. All right. So, um, I'm actually local here in town in Spring, Texas. Been here since 2000. Um, got into the world of safety first off. Graduating high school, I knew I wanted to become a firefighter and EMT. Mm-hmm. Um, that was that was just the route that I wanted to explore. No one in my family had been in the, in that field, and graduated from the Cleveland Fire Academy in Cleveland, Texas, in 05. Um, attended Lone Star Community College here in town and got my EMT basic. I began working on an ambulance uh, for about six months and responded to a pretty horrific car crash um, with some fatalities. Um, and this is right when PTSD started coming out, right around the time uh, the the war. Uh, over in Afghanistan where they were starting to notice these incidents of being able to, you just revisit the accidents over and over and over. And, mm-hmm. and I knew, you know, every every waking minute, every every time I had some time to myself, I would just, I'd replay that accident over and over. I'd lose sleep and, and I knew I couldn't have a family and kids and, and see the kind of things that we would see. on. I just wasn't built for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had some friends in the oil field who said you should explore safety. Safety is a great gig, and it pays well offshore. And and you never see horrific things. (laughs) You you typically don't, right? But, um, yeah, and so I I started chasing a new career. You know, it seemed lucrative at the time. Um, And got into the world of safety. Landed my first gig as a site safety coordinator for an oil field service company. And really dove into, you know, what is is safety? Why is it important? What drives safety? Um, Did that for about... 10 years or so and, and got promoted into a regional safety manager where I was in charge of developing these tasks, de- developing these programs, reducing injury rates, um, and working for some offshore clients and, and meeting their skills knowledge. As, as you know, the clients have pretty high standards if you're going to conduct work for them or be a subcontractor. Um, and then I, I kind of positioned away from the oil field. As you guys know, it's a roller coaster. Yeah. Um, you know, a true safety culture, typically a safety coordinator or director doesn't worry about their job or layoffs, but in the real world, that's not the case sometimes. And I just got tired of that ride. And so I wanted to get off into a different industry and that's where I landed at Doggett Industries, which is, uh, the biggest, uh, John Deere construction dealer in the Gulf Coast area. We stretch from New Orleans, uh, north to Arkansas, and then all the way down to, uh, the Laredo area. Okay. 
and um, you're also a football coach. Yes, yeah, that's that's my real passion. And if you've seen on LinkedIn, that's I my have. profile. Super Bowl champs yeah. and in Texas, football is serious. Whether you're coaching Pee Wee Middle School or High School, <laughs> uh, I have two two boys and a little girl. My oldest, I coached him for six years in the AAYFDT out of uh, Tomball, Texas. Um, and my youngest is nine, and he just got started. We're on our second year of tackle football with him. So, nice. what age do they start tackle football now? Uh, it's it's second grade, so eight years old. Yeah, I felt I thought they pushed that back a little bit recently. Well, our our league is kind of it stands it stands apart from like Pop Warner and others. Is we're the only USA heads up football certified league, mm -hmm. which all of our coaches have to go in, in through intense training on how to properly tackle. Yeah. To keep the head out of the game so from from my experience you know a, a lot of moms and dads are afraid to get their kids in tackle football early um, but it's really the safest thing you can do teach them at a young age because you get the kids that get into middle school have never played before and they don't have that form or technique to tackle safely yeah so, so even in coaching football you can't get away from safety yeah it's, it's it is it's <laughs> safety 20, the baby. 24 7 <laughs> okay so um <clears throat> you know you made it through uh you know, obviously the choice has been to help people your whole career. Is It's been about rescuing. It's been about safety uh, with the, you know, firefighting. Do you still do any firefighting? Are you a volunteer or anything? I don't. I still keep up with it. I still mm -hmm. do, do the, the continue education. Mm -hmm. um, eventually I love to, but with three kids and three dogs, I, I don't have any spare time. Do you, so. also, uh, do you also have your EMT license? I, do, I don't. I let that go. That, yeah. that uh, continue education, I think it's up to 100 hours a year now, or maybe yeah. even more. That's a bit of a commitment. Yes. Yeah. But that's still, I mean, on a personal level, the skills are still there, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Certified to teach CPR, first aid. So we keep those certifications going. I mean, even at home, that's a great skill to have. Absolutely. Yeah. So, all right. And then uh, oil field service, how long were you in the, in the in oil field? So I was in the oil field for 11 years. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That, yeah. Okay. So where, 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 was this in Texas or? Yeah, it was here locally in Houston, well, based out of Houston, Texas. It was a oil field company. Mm -hmm. uh, DXP is the name, mm -hmm. uh, Distribution Experts. Okay. They gave me my start. Loved working for them. I really got to see uh, what a culture is mm -hmm. uh, as far as safety. Um, you, you guys have been in the oil field. You understand the, the have-to safety culture because a client told me to versus a want-to. And I've been pretty lucky to work for organizations that want to have a safety culture that are there to care for their employees. Well, you just Justin didn't smile outwardly, but he was smiling inwardly when you yeah. said what you just said. Yeah, no, and and that is a good point. I mean, they're, they're in the service company world, as you know, you're if you're a reputable company that's doing it because you believe in it, you believe it's the right thing to do for your people and for the people that they interact with. You're competing not only with the expectations of that customer, but those other service companies out there that may not be as forthright yeah. <laughs> in the way that they're presenting their information or or programs. So it uh, it, it can be uh, it can be a bit of a challenge, and there are a lot of competing interests, and uh, and and figuring that out sometimes is is really uh, it, it's really where you uh, separate the. Uh, the men from the boys, so to speak. So, um, when when you were in the service in uh, the oil and gas service industry, uh, what were some things that you saw that that didn't work quite so well uh, with other service companies or even with DXP? So, so in in the service world, we get back to the, the culture of the of the have to. We've all been part of safety meetings. I've gone to contractor subcontractor safety meetings where they start the meeting of, hey, we have a JSA because we have to do this. 
the minute you you lead into that, you've lost the room. Your, right. your culture is it's non-existent, right? Um, and so when when we developed the culture, it was a true top-down approach. Our VPs, our presidents, of the organization would be part of our meetings. They 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 whether they jump on on a webcast to start the meeting or, or what have you. That's that's where it's at. That's what several you said separates the men's from the boys. You you always have those contractors that say you know we have ten thousand employees and a point one TIR incident right, rate, right. and you're like, right. man, that's amazing. How one? How do you manage your cases, and how do you prevent them? And you know it's a lot of policy and procedure, safety culture, which which in my experience hasn't worked. You, yeah, and to, you have to have those right. Yeah. You've got to have that stuff in place, but really that stuff is just to guide the way that you're going to instruct your people in their in the culture and those things aren't worth the paper they're written on if the culture doesn't exist right so and so you jumped out of service industry and uh, and so tell us a, a bit about what uh, what Doggett does so Doggett Industries is as I said before they're John Deere construction dealer so we rent and sell all of John Deere yellow construction equipment and the green forestry equipment in Louisiana um, we're heavily on the repair and service side and parts so anything f from warranty to, hey, my tractor's broke down, we need somebody to come look at it, we'll service that equipment. Um, it's, it's a totally different ballgame from the oil field because we don't really have those clients that dictate, hey, you, you have to have a safety program. And so when I was recruited, our, our president VP, Mike Ortiz, reached out to me and saw the incidents that we were able to eliminate on the, uh, at DXP and to get our numbers where they're at. And they realized, you know, hey, we need something like this here. Um, it, it, you know, the insurance rates, the EMR rates were were kind of growing their their incident rates were at a 5.6 for for a small organization that's pretty big mm -hmm. um and so they saw the need for that and you're, you're saying that e, what was the emr at that time e, emr uh was around a right around a one so so, so you were at at one at one on the emr okay. yeah yeah and we were uh we've actually brought it down to a 0.84 on the emr oh, that's great yeah do you know what the the lowest emr for your industry sector is uh i believe it's close to a 1.2 in our sector and oh, so sector. that's the average yeah then. that's great yeah. and our and our and our bls average uh for incident rates is a 3.2 and right now our three-year average is a 0.87 and when you came and when you came in you said it was north of five yeah it was north of five, was five awesome. so 5. what did you do to what did you do to drive that now, obviously them bringing you in speaks to the culture of the company already right so that culture existed how did you supplement that so, so the culture existed from the hr standpoint right hr typically wore the dual hat of safety so a lot of the policies were just that their policies because we have to have emotion says right, right. we've got to have these ppe policies in place we're having incidents but we don't know why they're why we're having incidents um and so when i came in i, I met with who my direct boss is is our vp of product support Dwayne valentine He's been in the industry close to 40 years, so he knows the ins and outs of the construction world. And I, and I partnered with him, and we saw a lot of mottos because he was hired in around the same time I was. Um, the safety first, the safety starts with you, uh, which I hate. I hate I hate catchphrases in yeah. general because they're hollow. They're just like a policy or, hey, we're doing this because we have to. Yeah. The safety first, it, it, never, it never jived with me. Um, so we created what's what's called safety me. Um, I might I might uh, end up crying yeah. during this podcast <laughs> based on the things that you're saying because yeah. it's uh, it's exactly uh, the way I think about it anyway. Go ahead. So so the safety me is something that we sat down and we, and we talked about and and what does that mean? What is safety me? You'll see it in our catchphrases on our target zero meetings. You'll see it on every meeting we have on a Monday. We start with safety me. 
safety me is is something we all have to buy into it's no more assuming that safety starts with you right Jeff you're gonna be safe so I assume you're gonna be safe you assume I'm gonna be safe there's a lot of assumptions there we yeah. don't need to spell that out um, but we all know what assumes mean so we changed that and looked at okay what does safety mean if, if I began every day worrying about myself and my safety naturally the behaviors of myself are gonna affect you right if I'm safe and I'm, I'm worried about myself ultimately if you buy into that culture of safety me it's gonna make everyone around us safer so it, it drives the ownership of that culture from from our CEOs starting the meetings with safety me why is important why is safety important to me I've got a family at home I've got three kids to take care of and a wife right I need to get home every day so that's one one reason that I want to be safe but really the safety me aspect it, it goes a long way as as far as the culture goes because if you if you truly buy into that it's going to affect everyone down the line it's going to affect your behavior so we get away from the safety you and the safety first because if you start with safety me then all that stuff's going to come did this exist when you got there it safety? did not okay it so you not. you brought in the safety me Dwayne Valentine and myself came up with this and I'll and I'll shoot you guys kind of the the motto behind that yeah, you, you might think it's a rogan experience when we get into you know the sigma and the quantum physics of what sigma represents so <laughs> so so are you certified in in sig so sigma and the lean, not, lean management not. stuff that stuff is actually yeah. uh, some of it is um, it really works well in a manufacturing setting, um, but the principles are pretty much applicable. So yeah. it's pretty good. I love how you solved the uh, use of safety, safety slogans by creating a safety slogan. Absolutely. Yeah. It drives the accountability <laughs> for me. It's my yeah. safety slogan. Yeah, it's yours, right? It's, safe, it's safety me. No. Yeah. But so. no, you're right, though. And, and as long as people can come up with the reason why they personally need to be safe at work. And I had this conversation with... Uh, guys I've worked with forever if if we can be safe one day we can be safe all days and so it's, it's just about you making sure that you're not gonna hurt yourself that day so correct uh, I think that's great man and I'm just giving you a hard time yeah it's, yeah it's awesome so, I, I'm a big believer in naming programs yeah. and those types of things and you mentioned uh, something just a few seconds ago called target zero which yes is really how I got in touch with you in the first place um, I saw that and I was like okay this guy's he got a program called Target Zero. He's got to be on the Mission Zero podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> it's only natural from that point. So uh, Target Zero, uh, can you tell us about that program? You know, someone won it, so you had a big award. Uh, just tell us all about the program, how, how you came up with it and what it is. So our Target Zero, just, just like within a safety culture, you, you want to reward the efforts, right? We, we, we get away from the monetary, the bonuses, the hey, why won't you report an accident and we and we simplify it to a recognition of a location so like I said we have 16 locations within the dealer group and to be eligible for this award you have to have zero recordable injuries for the year zero property damage claims and and zero significant near misses now we encourage near miss reporting that's sure. how we learn um, and to be eligible for that uh, everyone at that location has to meet those goals. So, you know, we'll take an example here in Houston where we have 150 employees. If one of those 150 end up with an incident, we exclude those from the statistics. So we get true safety statistics. Yeah, so that um, disqualifies. Disqualifies Houston. Point. Correct. So yeah. we look at some of our smaller dealers. You know, we have a Lufkin with 35 employees. Um, we have multiple locations in Beaumont, Broussard, some smaller towns, some smaller employees. But as you know, they all report up to one organization. One incident in a Beaumont or a Corpus 
can ruin their, their site safety record. And so to be eligible for that, you've got to hit those three targets, and then we come around annually. Um, we give awards based on the years, the first year, and every year after that, we give T-shirts with the statistics. Um, and the second year, we give out Safety Me Target Zero jackets. Uh, we go into knives and things down down the line. You know, safety guy giving out a weapon. But uh, the I guys always thought that was awesome. The man. guys like that. You know, yeah. the guys love that. So yeah. um, you, you know, the best part about giving giving out safety awards like that is you always have extras. Yeah, yeah. So so <laughs> so we. Uh, we, that, that we recognize the stores. You know, we, we have a social media, Facebook, LinkedIn. I think there's an Instagram now um, where we recognize these employees. And, and it's good to see, you know, we had one posted from Broussard last week where a, mo where a mother commented, hey, my son works at that store. This is amazing that you are caring for him. It's and empowering that, that hits home. for employees to see themselves like yeah. that. When the, when the, when the uh, company does that, it, it empowers them. It, it actually drives it forward a little bit more. You just, you just double their efforts. Right. And, and, and that engagement, that's one of the biggest things I strive for as a, as a safety rep, right, for the company is we're stretched 16 locations. I make it a point when I go to the stores, I engage with those frontline employees. I get to know them get to know their hobbies. Why is safety important to them? Do they have kids? Are they interested in football? You actually give a damn about them. Exactly. Yeah. And that goes a long way. We talked about the have to. You have the culture where the guy's in the office saying, you have to wear your gloves, right? Because my, my client says we have to wear them on site versus a culture where, you know, the VPs, the safety directors, the managers are out there saying, hey, this, you know, this is why we're going to wear the gloves. And by the way, how, you know, how's the family? How's the kids? Sure. How's how's fishing last weekend? That would suck if you lost your hand and wouldn't couldn't cast. Yeah, you know, the yeah. next time out, and you get more of a response from the employees if you, like you said, if you give a damn, yeah, if, if you, you care, develop a genuine relationship with them yeah. uh, that's not forced. And and I think it's interesting you mentioned that that person's mom reaching out, and that's actually a question I, I'll ask supervisors a lot of times. And you say, you know, hey, do you you have two sons, right? Would, your, would you feel comfortable with your son working here? And not here where you are, here at a, another location with our company. Would you feel safe? And if, if they even hesitate a little bit, why is that? Why are yeah. you hesitating? I mean, it, it either is or is not good. Uh, so that's a that's a great uh, that's a great point to bring up. And so so I, I, I'd say just I'm, I'm very thankful for getting into this the different world because you've worked with subcontractors in the oil field and you're exactly right. They will show you a piece of paper that they're that they're all stars. You get out on a site without FR, without PPE, without safety glasses, and they're a representative of, of your company. And to be be on the other side of it where it's a want to, you know, from Leslie Doggett buying into this and then RVPs bringing me on, they, they believe in safety. It's a great place to work. When you walk in, our banners that you've seen, the Target Zero banners are hanging in, the, in these stores. We talk about them every Monday. We don't do the tailgates anymore, the daily tailgates. We make them once a week. And we make them impactful. You know, 20, 30 minutes, we start our week with a safety meet talk. Is, is, uh, is Doggett a privately owned company it is yes. yeah so that's even more impressive from yes. a culture standpoint because they're not having investors driving that down on them so yeah. where do you think that comes from uh that that type of of culture in that company where does that, where does that i come think from? it comes from our owner you know he started out as a, and he started out in the oil field as well as getting his start with toyota lift forklifts that's where he got his start where he was a technician and a manager and kind of built that and when you have someone that has that kind of roots they understand the service world. They understand the impacts of injuries, and and they generally care about their employees. 
you know, that like you said, they don't have investors they have to answer to. It's about making their company as successful and profitable as they can. And as you know, the more people stay healthy and in the workforce, the yeah. more profitable we're going to be. Yeah, and those, and those guys see that uh, that workers' comp insurance yeah, premium, and they understand that completely, especially from a privately owned standpoint. It yeah. is so hard sometimes to get companies to realize how expensive injuries are over proper safety. Yeah, and and, and right now we talked about right now the the, the employee shortage. The technician shortage, you, you can't just go replace a 20-year tech that, that loses a hand nowadays. One of my no, favorite things in the, in the oil field was talking to a, uh, a company that had 300 people, and they hadn't had a uh, recordable injury in a year or something. I'm like, come on. So I, would, I would ask that company, then how many first aids have you had yeah. and how many near misses? And I would almost guarantee their answer would be, well, not very many, Yeah, which means they're not capturing anything. They're not Correct. capturing anything. Yeah. They, 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 they have certain doctors they send them to. The yeah, the occupational clinics, right? Yeah, yeah. no, we've, we've gotten away from that. And, and you talked about first aid and near miss. That is one of the biggest impacts of our program is our cross-sharing. We, wa we want to bring it's, – it's not to call out an issue, but – you know, hey, we have we have a truck issue. We want to communicate that to all locations. We had a crane failure due to a, a faulty wiring that burnt up. We're going to take that near miss. We're going to put it into a cross share and communicate it to all locations so it doesn't happen at another store. And that we take all our near misses, first aids, and there's a lot of first aids. You're right. If if you if you have five recordables and you say, well, I've only had one first aid, you, you're lying to you're, me. In you're the missing face. a whole bunch. Yeah. Either they're not getting told to you or you're ignoring them. Yeah. And so that, that's the biggest impact on a safety performance is your first aid. How many are minor? How many are large? And we, got, we talked about the impact gloves and, and our glove policy. That was our number one insurance claim was hand injuries. Everything in the construction world is heavy. It's bulky. It can smash you. It can kill you. Yeah, there are pinch points pinch everywhere. Points everywhere. And yeah. so implementing that 100% impact glove policy, we have not had a hand injury in over two years, a reportable nice. hand injury. That's fantastic. So, and that, that cost savings is nothing compared to what those gloves cost exactly and and people you just can't convince them yeah. it doesn't matter what you show them how much evidence it doesn't matter yeah well, quick, real quick question uh with what dog it does what are your top three safety concerns like what what scares you the most uh crush under machines just like just like a think of an auto repair site where you have a auto lift mm -hmm. we don't they don't make lifts big enough to lift up ADT dozers or, or excavators. So we we have we have a lot of cribbing. We have a lot of jack stands that have to support these machines. That is the top. Where that's what does not keep me. Or that's what keeps me up at night is worrying about something cribbed incorrectly and falling on another technician or a piece of equipment swinging in to another equipment, knocking it off those stands. That would be the top. The yeah. second is the overhead lifting, the crane, the being able to lift these giant parts into machines with taglines and other personnel in the area. And then the third, I hate to say it, is the hands, uh, because reviewing the incidents we had in, in the past, that worrying about that guy going home with all fingers is, is Why real. did you implement that as soon as you got there? Did you see safety record? <laughs> yeah, when I went, and that was the first thing I did when I jumped in is, why, one, why am I here? Why are they bringing me in as a safety guy? Let me see our incidents. What is driving this? Um, and that was our number one claim was hand injuries. You know, I know a guy so. that makes pretty good gloves. Do you? Yeah, I do. We'll have to talk after You'll this. Have, I'll get you his information. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's now, a, and from the hand injury perspective, too, I mean, even if they're, you know, let's say there are 100 hand injuries and 99 of them are minor, just the sheer volume of exposure to injury to the hand yeah. is enough to keep you up, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you talked about the cost. You know, one hand injury. 
you're talking near cl closer to ten to twenty thousand dollars in workman's comp. So a major you know? wool company now, again, it's been a little different part of the industry, but a major wool company had an internal study, and I think I've mentioned this before in another podcast, but they did one and they included everything. Like they included, okay, what is the insurance? What is this? What does this cost? What does this cost? And downtime costs, like how much productivity are they losing from this guy not or lady not being on the line or not working or not doing their job? And this was probably a decade ago, and it's around two hundred and fifteen thousand dollars. I mean, that's a lot of money, man. So and you can outfit a couple organizations with gloves with that amount. Yeah, yeah, yeah. one or two. Uh, <laughs> but a point you made in another uh, episode, maybe even with me, was that. Uh, a lot of times this information is lost. Like mm -hmm. someone in the organization has it. Usually it's going to be someone in legal or, or a, you know, an executive somewhere that is responsible, maybe an administrative executive that's responsible yeah. for insurance renewal. Um, but I've seen like Wildcats privately owned, that information is readily available and we make it available to all of the people that are interested in seeing it. Uh, and I'm curious with, with Doggett being uh, privately owned, that information is much more available, I would think. But uh, do you guys communicate out the actual dollars and cents associated with uh, an injury? So we do we do within our organization because that each of our stores is a profit center, just like any of your locations. So these numbers are shared with all the management team, all the way down to the employees if they request them to see the impacts. And I use it as justification for getting gloves. Yeah. You know, we've outfitted our entire organization for less than it cost of one hand injury with yeah. a missing finger. And, so, and that's and that's what you've got to do, that ROI. Well, so the, you, what I, I think what you're referring to is what I've said before is, is the, you know, me in my, you know, my work, right, going out there and saying, okay, <clears throat> this is how much this is costing you. But that person that you have sitting at the profit center in Beaumont, they don't see or incur the insurance cost. Yeah. They're worried about their own profit center, and they're worried about other things. Like, there is a major oil company, I mean, a major one, who bonuses their, and it might be more than one, but I know of one in particular, that bonuses their purchasers on lowering the cost of, of a product. They don't care how crappy the pro the safety, the PPE is. Oh, wow. It's just, they just get a lower cost, they'll get a bonus based on it. Again, they're not connected. The, the insurance, the, the, the injury, the, you know, uh, workers comp all that stuff it's not connected to any one person at an oh, organization wow. so they don't connect the dots yeah and they don't see it until somebody at the top you know it looks like you did it you know or, or you and uh what was this, what's the gentleman's name uh, valentine yeah Dwayne valentine mr valentine it looks like y'all saw it probably yeah. right and so you gotta you know you've got a pretty big organization how big is doggett so doggett industries is close to 1500 employees now we've nice. started expanding in the in the freight liner the mm -hmm. semi-truck world Florida Lyft. Uh, we own Doggett Ford on the north side now. He's gotten into the car dealers. Uh, but in, in our organization on the deer side, we're close to 530 employees total now with 16 locations. Okay. So, and, you know, you, you were mentioning the, the, the gloves and the profit center. So we don't tie anything as far as bonuses to, you know, save your cost, lower your cost. It's a terrible idea. But we do, we do, we have implemented uh, with Dwayne Valentine's help is we will hit those profit centers for the workman's workman's claim cost up to a certain dollar amount. So it might be $10,000 per incident. So if a Beaumont store hits an injury that's significant, they will hit 10000 on their P&L. So that's one way that we can drive that cost to the managers who are managing that profit center to see the impacts versus, oh, it just goes up into the cloud yeah, and it gets some, paid. <laughs> it's just some number floating around yeah. up there. And that's exactly what we do at Wildcat as well. We'll look at it and we'll say, okay, if our 
in, if our comp insurance increases by X percent, uh, let's say 10%, and your center attributed to 3% of that increase, then 3% of whatever that increased premium is gets tagged against you. Yeah. And so it's just the way to, again, make that number a real number. Drive the uh, accountability. To people and, and help them understand that. And then uh, something else that, that we've implemented are we do, you know, quarterly meetings where we discuss, you know, here's everything you did the last quarter and here's areas for you to work on. So, yeah, um, yeah that's great. Um, so as far as the target zero goes, um, you guys see, and I like the, the way that you guys have like a, a, an escalating set of, you know, like you do one year, you get this, two years, you get a little bit cooler thing, yeah. so on and so forth. Uh, how has that worked with the employees? They, they just tend to hold each other accountable? Yeah, absolutely. I have, I have a, a tech that's been with us for as long as we've been ex in existence out of our Kenner, Louisiana store. Uh, his name's Andy, and his biggest thing is he's wanted a Doggett jacket. He's wanted this Doggett Safety Me jacket. And I remember we had an incident there on, like, December 27th oh. that, that ruined their two-year mark. And this you, you this guy was on the phone with me, like, I can't believe this happened. You know, this this guy, we, we've held him accountable, and, and they hold each other accountable. You know, they, some people might say it's bullying now. I don't know. But they hold them accountable. They'll say, hey, we're putting your picture up next to the safety award because, you know, you didn't wear your PPE. You didn't buy into that. And you cost everyone here that chance at that jacket. And he actually just got his jacket this year in February for two years. Incident well, good free. for him, man. Yeah. What the hell kind of jacket Shout out is to Andy. It, it's jacket. just like those nice north face with a big Target Zero patch and our Safety Me slogan uh, on, the, on the sleeve. So... Well, of course it's on the sleeve. Yeah. It has to be. Yeah. i, I got to figure yeah. out how to get one of those. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you something. I told you marketing, what, they were really excited well, about you, this. you got to work safe for two years. They man. wanted to deck me out and bring me. I said, man, we're in Houston. The vest is hot enough right now. <laughs> oh, you know, man. it's 30 degrees on Saturday, and it's almost 80 today. So I wasn't going to bring the jacket or wear the jacket. Do you uh, – <clears throat> is – it sounds like you got a lot of vehicles on the road. Is yes. that is how big of a concern is that? Because that's a, you know, I talk to the you know, like Justin people in the oil and gas business, and that is, man, that's, that's number a, one exposure. The, number one the exposure. exposure is it's huge. It's yeah. it's out there. We have ninety two big he heavy field service trucks on the road, and we outfitted them three years ago with cameras. I don't know if you have the cam. We have the Ford so, facing. So in these would be like. F-250, 350s with uh, service beds? Yeah, 350s all the way up into Kenworth style. Yeah, yeah, big, big large yeah. trucks. So uh, we implemented those, the camera policy, the forward-facing and in-cab, and it has actually kept us out of lawsuits where we've been sued the day after we've gotten into an accident where we share the video and their lawyers, never mind, case dropped. So it, it's a huge exposure. But if you train your guys and you make them aware of it, that that's their that's their office space that everything they do everyone's out to hit you yeah. nowadays they want to pull out in front of you yeah as long as you're really in front happen? of them is that a real thing all the time I mean, we well, kidding, well, get some video be? put some videos in your in your vehicle and see even without company markings it happens daily well they'll pull out and just slam the brakes right in front of a vehicle okay i'm a little bit uh i'm <laughs> taking aback well, by I that mean, I so, that so if thing. they'll do that to a private citizen yeah, yeah. put a put a logo on the side of that thing when they know you have insurance yeah well in the oil field i think it's in and you can verify this obviously but i feel like it's mostly fatigue is the word yeah. they get tired and they've been working F fatigue a long day and fatigue and complacency for me i mean the, you know, the guys drive all the time yeah. right and all of us have been driving for a long time yeah and complacency is a, a one that creeps in and then uh even more than fatigue just distraction so mm -hmm. 
phones, GPS. Uh, you know, I, I had one manager one time tell me, yeah, you know what I do is just middle of the day, I'll shoot a text to my guys to be safe. And I was like, what if they're driving? And he's like, I won't ever do that again. So, I mean, <laughs> it's just good intention. Uh, and, and the, and I love that he's thinking about it, but that, that, you know, just the, the added distraction. So for me, even more than fatigue distraction, uh, and you may see it different, but that's the, the big thing for me on yeah, driving. Distractions there. And that's, that's one great thing about these cameras. They're AI now. So we get a ping or the manager gets a ping that so-and-so is distracted, whether they're on their phone or looking down at their laptop, these cameras notify us ahead of time. You, uh, and as long as we coach on that and address so you it, are a big brother. Yeah, well, <laughs> to a point, yeah. I mean, we all are. We all are now. You know. Yeah, for sure. We're all. We should all be comfortable. I told my mom this actually driving up here. She was like, "I think they're recording us." And I was like, "I, I live my life like I'm being recorded at all times." But uh, do the cameras that are uh, rear facing do they pick up micro sleep? Uh, I don't know if they do or not. That's I don't a think cool we have concept. That's pretty man. interesting. So they have these cameras that'll face backwards towards the driver, and if the guy kind of starts flickering, it'll pick up micro sleep and it'll play a noise to wake him up. Oh wow, that's pretty interesting. You know, I'm not sure how I feel about that. <laughs> I really, I'm being serious. That's well, kind of. I'd, I'd tell you how you feel about it if you were driving yeah, man, one of hey, our thirty thousand pound service you, trucks down do you, the road. Do you do your best sleeping while you're driving, I or do, what? Man, that's, I get a good uh, shut eye. Close. Hopefully, one you eye. got a Tesla. <laughs> uh, you know, and believe me. My next vehicle, I hope that gets itself worked out because I definitely don't want to drive. I, yeah. It's got to be that. I'll get the, I'll get the cheapest one, you know, and as long as it has autopilot, as you're long in. As I don't. I could be Just a go kart if it has autopilot. I'm take in. me to destination. Yeah, huh? I do. I, people love driving. I, I'm, I've never been one. Like you know, a lot of guys like, oh, I want to drive fast, but I do not. I do not. I've never. Had I like it. to have the option, so I don't. I, I like. I don't mind autopilot necessarily. There's a lot of trust involved in that. Well, but. I want the new truck, but they keep delaying the damn thing. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, it's because it's the ugliest thing on the road. Well, now we know why we drive down here to the city center. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Instead of meeting yeah. halfway. <laughs> Both of us live in North Houston, and you're like, yeah, see you, Guys, see you in city this center. This is a happening place in town, and you know it. <laughs> this place is cool, man. It is. I've never, honestly, I can say I've never been down here. And so this is this is a great atmosphere. Yeah, we love them for letting us come so, in the room. So Yeah, they're great. But, uh, Jared, I know you got to get back to work, buddy, and uh, thank you so much for coming. Um, we appreciate your uh, sharing of your safety philosophy. I know Justin was kind of, uh, you, you really were uh, saying my, some things. My heart he, was going pitter-patter. <laughs> yeah, it was like, you know, I've heard him, you know, talk a lot about his philosophy, and your philosophy is kind of in the same area, and I appreciate it. Uh, uh, how can people learn more about your company if they, if they, if they want to? Yeah, so you can follow us online, uh, mm -hmm. Doggett Industries or Doggett John Deere, mm -hmm. uh, as well as our website, doggett.com. Mm -hmm. um, if you need a new vehicle in town or construction equipment, come see us. We can get you forklifts, construction equipment, new trucks, or right. big freight liners. So. All right. Well, thank you very much, and uh, thanks again. Thank you. All right. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks for coming. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show and accept the mission. Please subscribe to the Mission Zero podcast on your preferred streaming service and be sure to give us a five-star review.